Would you like to sponsor an episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast? Just go to our website, homeschoolingirl.com. All the information's there. We'd love to partner with you. Or even when you drive through nice neighborhoods, I think this is true of any kids, you know, when they're little and go, oh, look at that beautiful house, you know, our youngest will go by buildings on Central Park West and say, look at that lobby. Or when they have friends over it, have you seen so-and-so's lobby? It's so nice. It's just a really different upbringing and it's so different than what we know that Mm -hmm. we don't quite know how to handle it sometimes. It feels so weird to us. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And this is another edition of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. And we have an exciting episode for you tonight because we are going to the Big Apple. Yeah, right in the heart of Manhattan. That last clip we heard was from Josh and Kristen Kill, who we interviewed in their apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We have a great interview with them about what it means to homeschool in New York City. Are you excited about this one, Kendra? I am. It's super interesting. I mean, I don't know that a lot of our listeners have this same sort of experience. Their experience homeschooling four kids in a tiny apartment in the middle of Manhattan, it is quite something. And you may walk away feeling like, um, I need to pray for these people. <laughs> or, wow, how exciting. How can I go do that? Um, or just, you know, just a fun summer story of homeschoolers doing, doing this their way. Keep listening. We're going to be right back. Hey, Fletch. Yes. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week. Where have you been listening to them? I've been listening to the other podcasts on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. That's right, because we are part of a network. We are one podcast in the midst of about 20. I know. It's pretty great. So there's a little bit of something for everybody over there. You know the one that cracks me up? (laughs) What? There are a couple of homeschooling moms that do a show for RV homeschoolers. These are homeschoolers that live in an RV and travel around the United States. Hey, if that's you, that's your podcast. You want to teach your kids about money? Yes. There's a CPA that has a podcast. I know. She's awesome. You want to travel with your kids? Yeah, all the time. There is a podcast for traveling with your homeschoolers. I know. What about a Spanish-speaking podcast? Que bueno. Muy bien. (laughs) There is a podcast for everything. We didn't name all of them, and we're not leaving anybody out on purpose. Uh, Those are just the ones that popped into my mind as we were sitting here. And we do this together. So if you like homeschooling in real life, go check out our partners, and you can find them at ultimateradioshow.com. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Here we are in the studio, and we're getting ready to uh, play the interview that we recorded with Josh and Kristen Kill from New York City. Let's um, let's get in the New York mood, Kendra. Can you help me get in the mood? Can you, what what kind of things do I need to be thinking about now that I'm in, in New York, York City? New York 
state of mind, something okay, like that. Okay, yeah, you got a little Billy Joel going. You got the <laughs> got the subway going. Oh, yeah. What are the boroughs? Do you know the you know the boroughs in New York? I have no idea. We lived in San Francisco, but yeah, not so, New York City. Yeah, New York City to me is a lot like Canada. I don't know anything about it. Really. <laughs> so. It's like you say about Canada. If they were to attack us and they said, oh, they're coming from Manitoba, you'd have no idea. Most Americans would be like, well, I I really kind of only know Vancouver. Well, so if I said, oh, they're coming from the Upper West Side, you'd be like, I have no idea where they're coming from. I would go to the West. (laughs) See, the thing about that is it gives away. But, you know, we got subways. You got people like, hey, Tony. You got things like that. People talking like in foreign languages from all over the world. Times Square. Times Square. Broadway. Broadway. we got the Tonight Show coming from mm-hmm. David Letterman. What else do we have? Oh, uh, Radio City Music Hall. Bagels. Uh, Rockettes. Cheesecake. Uh, oh, New York Cheesecake. Right? I have got, I've got the, the food down. I think down. it's the only cheesecake named for New York, right? Of course. Oh, I don't know why it's called this. Why is it called the Big Apple? Do you know this? I don't know the answer to that. The Big Apple. But I know why it's called the Great White Way. Staten Island. Yes. New York, we got the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So we got the Yankees, Mets, the Giants. The net, we have plenty of sports stuff we can talk about. Okay. But that's not what we're doing tonight. No. That's just kind of to get us in this mood. We're actually talking to a homeschool family from New York City about what it's like to homeschool there. And we thought our listeners would like it because it's pretty cool and it's really interesting yeah. on multiple you know angles. And they're going to talk about this. What's it like to homeschool in a small space? <laughs> yeah. And, and we're talking small, small space with neighbors all around you who maybe don't like the noise you make during the day. What's it like to homeschool in a small space with a big family? Yeah. What's Which, it like to not have a car? You know, what's it like to live in one of the most expensive cities in the world? Right. And say, oh, we're going to homeschool, you know, and to, to trudge across, you know, New York with your family for church, something like that. Yes. Um, multicultural experience. We have a lot of homeschool families that have purposely moved out of town, living out on a farm somewhere so they can be sheltered from the world. Mm -hmm. What's it like when just going down the street to go to church, you're going to bump into multiculturals, uh, religions, uh, sexual orientations, um, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that look like? I think that's a cool question. Yeah. I think so many of us go to, you know, do our homeschool thing and we don't think beyond our own homes. Mm-hmm. You know, even us, you know, when, when people write into us, I have to remember sometimes that our listeners are coming from now around the world and homeschooling looks really different. Remember that? Remember the people that wrote into us from like the windiest part of Scotland or something? She sent that yeah, whole email about that's that. that's right. Right. I mean, that was cool. I mean, yeah. I'd love to know more island about off her. Of Scotland. Yeah. Um, we have homeschoolers that homeschool on the beach those people are ridiculous no you're just jealous yeah, we want to be those people yeah we have people that uh we've had people that have called in and written into our show that are uh homesteading we yep. have people that are um we have a, a, some women on this network on the ultimate homeschool radio network who homeschool while they rv yeah that's you know how they live um around the united states that's really cool mm-hmm. so uh this couple we know them how well, I met Kristen uh, because she has read the blog for a lot of years, and we um, actually worked together writing for another blog, a contributor blog that we both write for, and we just became buddies online. Um, her husband works for a company that we use as bloggers quite a bit, um, and then our oldest son, Hayden, who's been on the show before, has actually stayed with them in their apartment in Manhattan. Very cool, and they were very gracious. Just to, well, actually, it wasn't even them; it was Josh. 
he had Hayden out for a week and he just did. hosted him and showed him around yeah. um, some parts of New York City that were very cool that only he could get him to. Right. And uh, just showered him with love and grace and kindness and patience yeah. and uh, just spoke into our son's life. So we really appreciate that. So that's how we know them. That's why we're doing this show. And it's kind of a long interview. So why don't we go to a quick commercial and then we'll come right back and go to our interview with the Kills. Hey gang, I want to talk to you again about jocksandtees.com. Remember, this is the place online where you can set up your profile and schedule to have underwear and undershirts sent directly to your house. That's right, no more going to the store for underwear and undershirts. Just fill out your profile, choose the frequency, and they will show up at your doorstep. I've been using this company and I love them, but that's not all. This month, they've added socks. That's right, I've said this from the beginning. What they need to do is send socks because I'm a freak for brand new socks. Well, guess what? Now on your order, you can choose which underwear type, which undershirt, and now socks. Jocksandtees.com. Go check them out. And we're back. We're going to start our interview with Josh and Kristen Kill. Now, we did this on Skype. Yes. And uh, if you could only see the what we have to do to record people's voice in the homeschooling in real life studio, you'd laugh at us as we huddle around a computer and, <laughs> and have earphones plugged in. So uh, bear with the volume here and, and some of the cutting in and out as we interview on Skype over the internet. Uh, but we have a great interview with them. Uh, we have uh, Skyped in some friends from New York City. And uh, why don't you tell us who you are? We're Josh and Kristen Kill, and who you- are looking at each other. We've never done a Skype or podcast together before, so... We're excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Hey, where do you guys live specifically, just for our listeners? So we currently live on the Upper West Side, just to the west side of Central Park, um, very near the park. So it's practically our backyard. Which, so Upper West Side means sort of, if you're not familiar with all the boroughs of New York City, that just means the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Why don't you tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your family, uh, kind of who you are, what you're doing individually. We have four kids. <clears throat> um, Hallie is 13, Maya's 10, Jones is 8, and Leal is 6. And I am homeschooling them at home and writing and blogging a little bit on the side. And then Josh, you want to share what you do? <laughs> and then I, uh, I work in tech as a software designer and developer. And that's what brought us out here to the city. And as, as well as just an excitement to get a chance to live in New York City. Because it's very rare that people, especially families, get a chance to live somewhere that's such a, a center of culture and um, a center of the world in many ways. Um, and sort of art and everything else. All these yeah. things that we've aspire to explore and experience as we've grown up as kids ourselves and then now being here as a family is great. Yeah, it kind of felt like being able to bring the kids along on a really big adventure and um, it also had like a pretty a missionary type component that we loved because um, there is such a low like percentage of Christians here in the city and so we loved the idea of being able to have a spiritual impact on where we were living as well, but 
but pretty selfishly, like we kind of dig all the culture and we're pretty urban. So we enjoy it a lot too. <laughs> so where did, where were you before New York then? Um, we were in Washington state, which is where we're both from. So we're West coasters as well. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, a, it was really different. It's a really small town and all of our family on both sides is there, like multi-generational. All of our grandparents are there. Um, so we really, Josh always says we undid like 250 years of westward expansion of our ancestors <laughs> in one flight to New York. And how long have you been homeschooling? Um, we've been homeschooling since our oldest was in kindergarten. So forever. <laughs> we did do like a stint at a classical private school for pre-K. But yeah, so she's... 13 now. So we started when she was five. So we've been at it a while. Uh, we'll start with Kristen. Why don't you tell us um, from a mom's perspective, uh, just what it's like to homeschool in the surroundings you're in. <laughs> it really is different. I think that I was really surprised at the di- how different it was to homeschool in an urban environment versus Washington State. Even in things that were as core to homeschooling as like the homeschool laws and freedoms are really different in New York. It's a little more there. It's a little, it's viewed a little more skeptically. Um, and so that was a really big challenge to move here and have it just be so culturally, um, out of the box where I didn't feel like that. And so I really had to struggle a lot. I think with, I guess my own confidence in walking out what homeschooling looked like day to day when it was so other to most of the people around me. Um, but it's also really different because we're in a really small space. So most, I mean, we all live in apartments here. There is, there's, there are brownstones, I suppose, like which would be like a home, but it's going to feel like to anyone coming from any other culture, it's going to feel like an apartment. Um, and most people are in like buildings. Our, our building has six floors, you know, there's what, eight, eight units on a floor. So it's just a really different dynamic of just how we live. Um, our place is just under a thousand square feet of like livable space for six of us. So where before I used to have a homeschool room and feel really organized and on top of it, now we're like down to Ikea cubbies and the dining room table. And um, so space is a huge constraint and that has been a really big challenge. Um, The other thing has just been finding homeschool community because it's so kind of out of the box culturally. It's been really hard to plug in and find other people who were homeschoolers. And then for those of us who are Christian homeschoolers, that's even been more interesting because I would say the majority of homeschoolers in New York City are not believers, Mm. which is a really different cultural shift than where you experience homeschooling that has sort of come out of Christian culture in a lot of other places in the United States. Um, it's really the opposite here. And so we're a really small percentage within a small percentage already of homeschoolers at large. Um, but the benefits are amazing. I mean, we can be at the Met one day mm. looking at Monet instead of just opening up a book or going to the library. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's drawing classes, like drop-in drawing classes for free at the Met what, three or four days a week. There's start in the middle of the day when schools aren't there. I mean, we're just wandering through, like studying medieval culture and history this year. We were able to walk through the Met and just see everything, you know, and and talk about, you know, illuminated lettering and then go look at it Mm -hmm. in real life. I think one of the biggest things is just out in your day-to-day without a car and without with everybody 
of any um, class, any race, any type of people are out walking, taking mass transport mm -hmm. um, to get around the city and the different cultures that you're exposed to and the different situations that you're exposed to give a lot of opportunity for the things that we're learning in our home to be able to see those things worked out, whether it's a cultural mm -hmm. thing that we're learning about and we see like a modern representation of that culture or that language being spoken, right. uh, that application and that kind of stimulates the curiosity of our kids in those things much more so than being isolated from that. I love what they're just exposed to almost through osmosis here, where I think that the perception is if you have your children living in New York, then you must be shielding them and protecting them and just, you know, almost to the point where when we decided to move here, we did mm -hmm. have people who really called us out and questioned like whether we were going to demoralize our children by moving to a dark city. I mean, honestly. And sure. so um, what we've seen actually in contrast is that the line of faith is very clear here. Mm -hmm. um, so our kids have a very clear sense. Like we're, we are pretty removed from Christian culture at large, even in the church here. Really wild. It's not an easy thing to embrace being a Christian here. So it's not something right. that you take lightly that like, oh, right. so, it's just fun so to be a Christian. Right. <laughs> and so the line, the line has been drawn very clearly that to be a Christian is countercultural. Mm -hmm. And so... Most Christians, therefore, take it a lot more seriously wow. um, and and deeply in, in a sense, I feel like. Or at least there's a different kind of definition of what it looks like to follow Jesus here mm. at, a, at a really core heart level that has been really beautiful to have them see. But then also, like, um, they've just, I mean, people are just so lovely. It's mm. wonderful living in an international city, interacting um like they actually are interacting on a daily basis, just walking down the street and going to the grocery store with people of all faiths and cultures and nationalities and languages. And um, that just, it does, it just produces something really rich and invaluable that we could never try and incubate or create in our home. And, and it's beautiful to watch that. Okay, I'm going to take a break for a second. You know, we want to encourage you to connect with us through social media. The best way to do it is go straight to homeschoolingirl.com where you can get our Twitter handle. You can find us on Facebook on that same website. And then if you'd like to subscribe, we will keep you updated on every new blog post, every episode that goes up, and just fun newsletters that we plan on sending out. We just need your name and your email address, but go straight to our website. Again, it's homeschoolingirl.com. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. All right, um, we are back recording again. Um, let me ask uh, one follow-up question. Uh, Kristen, you said, you know, to be in the subset of Christian homeschoolers, do you find then, because, um, you know, people are going to be listening to this saying, hey, maybe we want to, maybe we're thinking about going to Washington, D.C. or San Francisco or London or wherever. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking about going to London. Or maybe they're coming to New York to join us. <laughs> yes, maybe. So as they think through this idea that, man, there's just not a lot of support for Christian homeschoolers. Because, you know, Christian homeschoolers like to get themselves in a little box. Do you find common ground then with just people who are homeschooling for the sake of homeschooling? Absolutely. Okay. And I would say that that's kind of the most beautiful thing because I was very much in a box, even though I maybe didn't know that before we came here. And I'm so thankful for the gift of not having the opportunity to stay there. It's really wonderful. And so I think 
whether we stay in the city forever or whether we move anywhere else, that, that idea of being a bridge builder is going to inform the way that we educate and homeschool our kids wherever we go. So I think that can be an encouragement to anybody wherever they are hmm. that, um, that there's, there's people who are looking for ways to touch the hearts of their kids and it may be motivated by what God is leading them in. And it may just be because they feel like something's off and they don't know Jesus, but they are, they love their children fiercely and they want to try and reach them and educate them in a way that is going to touch their hearts and, and help them to flourish. And so we have a wonderful um, way to connect with people who are already looking to do something really outside of the box and need support and need community. Um, wherever you are, I guarantee there are people like that. And so my absolute encouragement would be to find out who they are, to know them, to welcome them into your home and, mm-hmm. and just see what God does in those relationships because it can be really powerful. But I want to ask Josh a question. As a, as a dentist here in town, you know, I, I basically just see thousands of patients a year. And so we live in a bubble, and homeschooling is not odd. Most, I'd say, fifty percent of my patients are homeschooled kids, mm. um, and, and that's not because I attract them. If anything, I offend them. Um, <laughs> you know, I think just my music choice alone at my dental office scares most Christians out of returning. Um, it's Nirvana every day, isn't it? Uh, well, it's oh, guns, bon it's guns and roses. I'll tell you that. It's, yeah. I always ask them if they want their dentist to be happy yeah. or if they want to be happy. And most people choose that I should be happy. And often the conversation would come up about family and what school my kids go to. Um, and so, you know, I'd, you'd, I'd say, oh, they're private school, homeschool or you know, whatever, depending on who I was talking to. Um, any Anything like that come up for you where suddenly people were asking you questions like, oh, do you think you could do it better? Or why do you do that? Or any of that stuff coming up in work? Yeah, it does. It does come up. And I think that so in general, you have to kind of know about basically how every conversation in New York goes is that everybody that's been drawn to New York and is living in New York now is mostly from somewhere else and is drawn in some part to the excitement about being around people that are not like themselves and learning. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the true. questions that come to us like that are very much like, it's typically starts with, Oh, are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, you have four kids. Oh, where do your kids go to school? And then finding out that we homeschool. And then it's just, curiosity that kind of compels them to just be like, wow, what is that all about? Like, that's super Mm -hmm. interesting. Tell me more about it. I want to know, how do you even do that? What does that look like? A lot of people have experienced like somewhat of a stereotype of homeschooling, but most people haven't been exposed to it, especially when they find out that we weren't homeschooled and that we made a decision to homeschool and that it wasn't just something that was passed down from the way that we were raised. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really fascinating thing to be able to talk people through. And I think that most people get it when we're talking about uh, most people have experienced the same thing that kind of compelled us into homeschooling in the first place, which was when you're sending your kids out the door for a significant part of the day, you wonder, wow, I'm missing this part of my time with my kids. What would it be like if I made the decision to help them myself and to be with them side by side as they were learning things and growing and having conversations and exploring things. 
And that's a lot of what compelled us and a lot of what, I guess, intrigues people no matter where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I think other families here, too, are really challenged by space and education. You have, there's a very small percent of people that stay in the city for very long. You know, the back door is really wide. Oh. And it's because it's just such a transitional city. People mm -hmm. come to make a career and then they, you know, make money and they go to a, they go back to wherever they're from or they move somewhere else where the cost of living is a lot less. And so sometimes it's very, it's like, you know, even at our church that preschool ministry, the nurseries are full, but by middle school, there's very few children left. Oh, interesting. And so... And the, and the school system in general is very extreme, just like everything in New York. By the time you're in high school, you're, when your kids are in eighth grade, they are um, writing essays, doing interviews at the schools they want to get into. This is just for normal public high schools. And so it's a very stressful situation. And if you don't get into the school that you pick, you can just be placed somewhere in the five boroughs. So you could have one kid going to high school um, an hour out in one direction and one kid an hour out in another direction. And they're riding the subway and buses to school. Mm -hmm. um, it can be in one face with that. A lot of people make the decision to say, we're out of here and we're going to go at least move a couple hours out of the city and have a more normal schooling situation. Yeah. So in some ways, homeschooling, I think, is appealing or at least interesting for a conversation because people are so desperate to look for options that work that would help them stay sustainable here. Mm -hmm. So it's unique that way. Hey, I have a question, uh, and that's what does hospitality look like in a thousand square feet? It's much different here where no one has an apartment that's big enough to comfortably suit people. We still very much will invite people over for dinner, but it's very chaotic. The kids are crammed right up next to you, and you're not able to really have conversations like you can. Mm -hmm. There's no television show that adequately represents what an actual New York apartment looks like. They are boxes. <laughs> that's what I was, I was getting ready to ask you that because I was going to say every show we watch uh – -huh. People have yeah. large spaces. I always laugh at friends because I think, what young, what young professionals right. can afford that, that amount of space? Is like with that location and everything. Yeah. That was like an easy twenty grand. Yeah. A month. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's seriously, not an exaggeration. Yeah. What happens is you you find that like across the board, everyone's just comfortable. You know, it sort of takes it off the table. Like mm -hmm. everybody has a living room and. Yeah. All their kids in a bedroom, or every, you know, there's there is no such thing unless maybe you only have two kids mm -hmm. and a bigger apartment of kids not having to deal with sharing a room with siblings. Mm -hmm. Like, so some of those things that we pondered in in small town life are just not even on the table as yeah. part of the conversation here. And so, I don't know, people. I just feel like everyone's willing to go with it and be a lot more flexible mm -hmm. and sit on the floor and pull up chairs and not have it look perfect. You know, I think every mom, homeschooling or not, at some point during the day says, go outside and play. <laughs> so right. what does that look like for you? Yeah, it drives me crazy because I think that's the, it comes back to space. I mean, it really does. Like we talk about it at least once a week that I'm going to fall apart because our space is so small. Can we really homeschool here? Does this really work? Because it's such a different dynamic. We go out. We intentionally chose to live in a smaller apartment so that we could be right by Central Park. And um, we're in Central Park every day, 
Um, we have a dog, which is also a pretty intentional choice because we're forced to take it out and take our dog out um, to, you know, go out in the afternoon. Um, Josh takes the dog out in the morning before he goes out to work and takes kids with him and they go run around in the park and get their energy out. So instead of just me sending them out and getting a break, I have to go take a break too and run around with them and play. And, and that's actually really beautiful. I didn't know how much I was missing by just sending them alone and not playing with them. We like to do this thing where we just ask you quick questions at the end. What is your favorite New York City tourist attraction? The rowboats in Central Park. I was going to say there is no great tourist attraction in New York. (laughs) You're bad. What is the best thing you've experienced in New York City? Um, The best thing I experienced in New York City is just being outside, whether Mm -hmm. it's outside walking on the street or outside in Central Park or outside in any little park or anywhere. Yeah, I agree. It's always an experience. Just the feeling of being here. I think that's why it's hard to say. The feeling of being here is amazing. I love that. No matter where you are, it's just got an energy to it that's amazing. What's the biggest myth about New York City? The biggest myth by far is that people are just rude and not, and hate people here. <laughs> yeah, it's the nicest people I've ever met are here, for sure. It's the most shocking thing that continually ourselves and everybody that comes and visits is amazed by is that how nice people are, how accommodating people are, how mm-hmm. everyone's willing to help you, whether it's getting around or yeah, whatever. I would also say that it's really crowded. I think tourists and people who come to visit the city go to Midtown and Times Square. No one who lives here goes to Times Square unless they're taking a tourist there. We don't go there. <laughs> unless, I mean, you have to beg me to get there. It has to be a huge reason. So it's actually much more relaxed and calm in our neighborhoods where we live Mm -hmm. than those areas that get traveled on. That's not what our day-to-day feels like. Mm -hmm. All right. The biggest inconvenience about living in New York City? Not having a car. Mm -hmm. Not being able to get out of what you have every day. So every Mm -hmm. day we have a city, and it's a great city. But to be able to disconnect and to experience something different as a family, you can't just hop in a car and go for an extra long drive. Mm-hmm. It's a pedestrian city, so we live a pedestrian lifestyle, like with our kids. Like we really only stay in about a ten-block radius, unless there's something special going on. And pretty much anywhere else, just in Manhattan, um, we give ourselves forty-five minutes to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's probably similar to how people talk about California and the freeway and the traffic. Someone might be listening to this saying, "Wow, I've always dreamed of moving to a big city. I've always dreamed of doing this." but I'm afraid, I don't think we can afford it, um, or whatever other excuse they can come up with. This is your chance to talk to them. What would you, what would you say to them? It's worth the risk, is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I say? mean, it's, it's definitely different than anything you've experienced before unless you've lived in a city. And the, the things that you learn, the things that your eyes are open to are amazing. And you... Mm-hmm. I don't think that your eyes can ever be opened in the same way without actually experiencing something like this. We'd like to thank Josh and Kristen for joining us today um, and talking about what it's like to homeschool in New York City. Thanks for joining us, you guys. It was great fun.
Oh, that was so much fun. It was really cool. I think uh, technology is great to be able to talk to people. And you should have seen them. They were huddled in a little corner of this small apartment (laughs) while we talked to them. And their kids were in like the other room. Right. The one room they share. Giving mom and dad the the chance to to talk to us. Um, Which leads us to another idea that we have here on Homeschooling in Real Life. This was so cool to talk to them in a unique environment. Which makes us wonder, do you have a unique homeschooling environment? And would you like us to talk about it on Homeschooling in Real Life? We would love to interview you. So if, you are, uh, if you're homeschooling in the middle of the prairie, if you're homeschooling at the top of the Space Needle, if you're homeschooling what? at a lighthouse. People... I read an article years ago about this family that homeschooled in a lighthouse. It was oh, okay. so cool. Never seen anybody on top of the Space Needle. I, you know. If you homeschool in a taxi cab, whatever it is that your unique environment is, we would love to interview you and share your story. So contact us uh, the same way we contact us for anything on here. Go to facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL, or you can tweet to us at homeschool IRL, or just go to us through email on the blog, info at homeschooling IRL.com. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to talk to you either about a great idea you have or just any question you have for us. Talk to us there. But wait, Kendra, this episode is not over yet. It's time for that part of the show we like to call Hurler's Treasure Chest. Fletch, what's a hurler? A hurler, homeschooling in real life, H-I-R-L, people who listen to it, they become hurlers. That's right, I came up with this term myself, and I'm thinking about making t-shirts that say Hurler Nation. We actually have had one listener that's written in and said if we got these t-shirts, she'd buy one. Which makes it kind of silly that we'd have one person out. It's a, a one-person nation. One nation. One, so, one person. So um, we'll, we'll kind of hold off on the that's t-shirts. Like a <laughs> not a nation. A Nate does. Hey, that's pretty good. Hey, thanks. You know what? You're not typically kind of that witty like I'm that. I'm not. That's pretty funny. I hope people are list, list, laughing at that because I am on the inside. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm not laughing out loud. Laughing on the inside. So um, we have a hurler's treasure chest. And what is that? Well, we talk about something that has been a favorite for us, a favorite product, right? Pretty much. Favorite website, favorite something. Um, And in the past, we've had coffee that you love, tea that I love, Dollar Shave Club gets quite a bit of mention. Um, So that's what the hurler's treasure chest is. Are you ready to do it? Okay. Let's Let's go. Fletch, what are you throwing in the treasure chest this week? Well, Kenji, you know I love to listen to podcasts. That's kind of what I do. I'm a podcast junkie. To and from work, I just listen to uh, different shows that I love. So I'm going to spotlight my well, one of my favorite shows in uh, the podcast world, and it's Stuff You Should Know. It's hosted by Chuck and Josh, and it's from discovery.com. If you go on the iTunes store, you can look it up, Stuff You Should Know. It's, it's easily one of the top-ranked podcasts on all of iTunes. Um, these guys have, I think, over 600 shows already in the can, but they talk about a specific topic and they just kind of do some study and research and discuss it to death. So, for example, how do dreadlocks work? How does McDonald's work? How does sugar work? That was a recent one I heard uh, within the last month or so. Um, but they'll talk through any topic. They're funny, they're witty, and I've just come to kind of get you. I feel like they're sitting in the back seat of my car as I'm driving. So if you like our podcast and you want to hear an even better one, a much better one, Stuff You Should Know is a great podcast. Give them a listen. 
All right, so that was my addition this week. What are you putting in the treasure chest? Well, I'm putting in the treasure chest the one breakfast I have every single day, and sometimes lunch. Is it? I know what this is. I know you know what this is. Because every day you make it. Kendra makes for herself ice cream. (laughs) No, that's actually my birthday breakfast. We have ice cream sundaes every year on my birthday Well, you put that in the treasure chest for another one. Okay. The ice cream breakfast. All right. This is actually the antithesis of ice cream. Um, It's called Shakeology. It's a protein shake full of all kinds of good stuff probiotics and plant-based stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'll spare you all those um, nutritional details. But um, I love it. I don't have to think about breakfast. Um, I just make my little shake, put some almonds in there. And uh, I really think this has helped me stay in some good health and maybe keep my weight down, except when I'm eating ice cream. You know, the funny thing is it ends with wordology, so it must be scientific. Isn't it cool? I know, shakeology. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll have a link in there, though. You All right. Can check it out for yourself. So this week, StuffYouShouldKnow.com, Shakeology. It's stuff Fletch and Kenj love that we think you'll love also. All right. We want to thank you for listening to tonight's episode, and we want to thank Josh and Kristen Kill for taking the time and letting us interview them. They were really fun, and we hope you liked this episode. But what do we have coming up, Kendra? We have coming up next time an episode all about the practical ways we homeschool in our homeschool. Right. So this is what we call duct tape and... (laughs) And a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to just share with our listeners some of the things we've used over the years, curriculum we love, stuff that hasn't worked for us, and hopefully it'll be a springboard for making some choices in your home. Yeah, and actually probably answering some questions that have come in over the years that you have answered endlessly right? Uh, by email. We'll just take those, uh, we'll, we'll answer them verbally. So sort of a Fletcher homeschool FAQ. Yeah, and then we, we have a really fun episode after that because what are we doing? Well, we are driving our second son off to school for the year. He's going away to nursing school, and we're, we're driving. How many hours is this drive going to be? Uh, it's going to be 12 hours from California to Phoenix. Oh, <laughs> that's a long car trip. Yeah, but coming home, it's just you and me in the car for 12 hours. It's like a 12-hour date. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to be uh, recording that whole week while we're away with him and talking about what it means to prepare your child to go off into the great wide world of university life. Yeah, and this is, again, an answer to some listeners who've asked us for more content about teenagers or preparing our kids for uh, the adult life. Mm -hmm. So uh, keep listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, two great more episodes. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts, or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.